you guys from floundering for the next five to eight years trying to figure out who you're going to be, what you're going to do, and where you will end up with your life. So uh, this is basically a brief overview of this curriculum, and I think it's, it's phenomenal material and I uh, only wish that I had had it when I was your age because I did a lot of floundering before I really came up with my own identity, who I was, uh, and what I wanted out of life, even when it came to ministry. It took me a long time to understand goals, vision, dreams, and then how to achieve them. So uh, last week we talked about choosing your mission and, that, and then I ask you to write down your life's mission statement. What do you want out of life? Some of you did that, and you shared that with the class. Um, I gave you several examples of people that you know uh, that are familiar with, Walt Disney, uh, the founder of Nike, these kind of people that wrote down a personal mission statement, and they accomplished it. Uh, to a great degree, I've, I'm living mine uh, every single day. Uh, so I ask you to write a mission statement to keep it specific, to keep it personal, and to keep it short. You don't want to write three paragraphs. Uh, just write down two or three sentences. Then I ask you to, uh, or talk to you about, to follow your dreams. Uh, they know the way. I think I even ask you to write that down. If you don't have a dream, then how can you have a dream come true? Uh, so when you write your dreams down on a piece of paper, all of a sudden they become goals. So I ask you, don't just think it, but ink it. Write it down and keep it in front of you. Uh, write your dreams down and you'll see that they'll just become, uh, they've become goals now that you can reach, that you can attain, and then you need to understand and strat come up with a strategy on how to make those goals come to pass. And then I talked to you last week about, about your, in your life that balance is a beautiful thing, that setting goals in only one or two areas of your life is like rowing a boat with only one oar. You just keep going round and round in circles. And um, one of the huge questions uh, that I like to ask people. Uh, I've asked someone this question this week. If, if you have, if you become a multimillionaire five years from now and lose your family, what have you accomplished? So you have to keep things in balance. You can't just be driven to one goal, but you have to keep your life balanced and you have to grow all of your life at the same time and to keep things in perspective, I shared with you a very interesting statistics from Forbes magazine. Uh, they did a survey of 400 richest Americans, the 400 wealthiest Americans. Uh, this would be the top 1% of the top 1%. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 7, their, their happiness average is about 5.8, 1 being the lowest, 7 being the highest. They, have, they share the same happiness, the same level of happiness as the Inuit people in Greenland who are mainly Eskimos. And they also share the same level of happiness with the Maasai of Kenya who live in dung huts and have no electricity and running water. 
So money is not always the total source of happiness. There's other values in your life that need to be recognized as well. So you have to keep your life in balance. I hope this gets a little better for you as we go along. And I hope the uh, recording picked that up. <gasps> oh, let's make a statement that I'm bored out of my mind, Brother Murphy. No. <laughs> People do that in church. And it's hilarious. You're right in the middle of a sermon, and when you take a breath, you can hear somebody ending a yawn. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> did I talk to you last Sunday about the wheel of life? I did. I did mention that. Um, to balance the most important lifetime goals, think of your life as a wheel with many spokes. And to have a balanced life, you, you need to give each spoke some attention. And some of those goals are spiritual, spiritual goals, family, career, health, financial, education, recreation, charitable, uh, so on. And then I ask you to be specific. Uh, somebody said if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And when you walk into a restaurant, you just don't say, bring me some food. You look at the menu and you order something specifically. It's important to look at life much the same way. Uh, did I ask you last week to think big? Is that in your notes? Okay. I'm figuring out who my note takers are, and uh, so thank you for that. Um, I ask you to write down a dream that you would love to pursue if you absolutely knew you could attain it. Did anybody do that? Y'all on board? Okay. All right, this is where I stopped last week, and I left you with this tidbit. I want to tell you a story about a guy that traded a paper clip for a house. He traded a paper clip for a house. This is how he did it. His name is Kyle McDonald. He thought real big. He had some big, big dreams. He was thinking real, real big. But it started real, real small. As a matter of fact, it started with a paper clip. He posted it on Craigslist as a barter and got a fish. He traded somebody on Craigslist a paper clip for a fish. And then he traded the fish for a pen, an ink pen. And then he traded the ink pen for something better. And one trade led to another and to another until Kyle McDonald finally found himself the owner of a three-bedroom house. He just kept trading up, kept finding things to trade, and he bartered all the way up and finally was able to come become the owner of a home. It's because he thought big. I'm going to challenge all of you guys to think big. This life isn't a joke. It's not a game. You only get out of life what you put in it, and you'll get a whole lot out of it if you put a lot in it. If you think, if you plan, and if you prepare, you do not wait for an opportunity to come to you before you prepare for it. You understand what your dreams are. You understand what your goals are, and when the and you prepare yourself for that. And when you, when an opportunity comes, you don't have to tell 
a CEO behind sitting behind a desk that's offering you a $250,000 a year job, you know what, I'd like to really like, like that job, but if you'll let me go to college first and let me come back in about five years, I'll take it. No, you go to college now. You do that now. You get prepared now. You go to trade school now. You educate yourself now. And then when an opportunity comes, you can do it. Let me tell you all how I pastor this church. I've always, I've done this for years. I always, always look at where I would like for our church to be attendance-wise. And I've had numerous preachers that's preached for us that, that have recognized it and they comment about it. I always pastor our church at the next level of growth. I always pastor it there. Right now I'm doing my best to pastor our church as though we were running 300. You say, why do you do that? Because when 300 comes, I'm already there. I don't have to prepare for that. I'm already there. You always try to stay one step ahead. And I'm encouraging you guys, I'm imploring you guys at the age y'all are now, to start planning that now. What do you want to do with the rest of your life? Okay, I would like to be a fireman. I would like to be a policeman. I would like to be an attorney. I would like to be a nurse. I'd like to be a doctor. Okay, well, don't wait and look for an ad in the paper and see that hospitals are hiring and go apply for a job to be a nurse and say, you know what, I'll take that job as soon as I finish nursing school. No, you do that now. Does that make sense to everybody? Can y'all get your head around that? If you wanted, if you want a 2018 Carvette Z478, whatever they call them things, they're about eighty, ninety thousand grand for one, eighty, ninety thousand dollars. Don't wait till 2018 gets here and then go to the dealership and say, "I want one of those cars." I'll be back when I save up the money. I have seen people do that all of my life. They'll want to buy a house. And they'll talk to a realtor and say, show me some houses. I used to be a realtor. This happened to me. Show people five or six houses, and they'll say, okay, I'd like to have that one. Let me save the money for a down payment, and I'll call you back. Well, that's stupid. By the time you call me back, the house is sold to someone else. You do the opportunity. You prepare yourself for what you want out of life now. You make the preparations now. That's biblical, as a matter of fact. Give yourself, write this down. Say, I'm giving myself permission to aim high in work and life. I'm giving myself permission to aim high. I'm giving myself permission to aim high. In other words... Y'all are at an age now where you don't necessarily need permission from your parents to do that anymore. You don't need the per permission from your school teacher. You don't need permission from your pastor. You give yourself permission to aim high, to take time to dream and to plan. Christopher Reeve, do y'all know who he is? He's the guy that used to play Superman and he had a freaky horseback riding accident and was paralyzed from his neck down and died. That Christopher Reeve said, so many of our dreams at first seem impossible, then seem improbable, and then when we summon the wheel, they soon seem inevitable. I live this every day. 
I'm living a dream. The room you're setting in is a dream come true. Every part of this church for me is a dream come true. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of it that have exceeded my dreams. And that's the beauty of dreaming. Because after a while, you get on a roll. And things start coming to you, and you start inheriting things, and you start receiving things from people. You start being blessed by life. Life starts blessing you. God starts blessing you. And there's things that come to you that you never dreamed about. I've, I've had a desire for, for a church staff, a staff of people that I can depend on that are loyal and faithful and will help me build this church and grow this church. That staff is far exceeded whatever thought I could ever have. It's far exceeded. I'd hope for one good assistant pastor. I have two. Two excellent assistant pastors. You see what I'm saying? After a while, you build up a momentum and things just start coming to you. And I've known people all of my life that this has happened to. Okay, with that finished up lesson two, let's start lesson three. <clears throat> In your notebooks, write, chunk it. Chunk it. Okay, chunk it. Big ideas can be intimidating. Big ideas can be intimidating. But even your biggest and most daunting goal can be achieved if you simply break it up into bite-sized chunks. What's the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Everybody understand that, that concept? So let's take, we have some folks in here that's still in high school you know graduation's coming up here pretty soon and you're thinking about college I mean if you're really really smart and you're really really committed you can do college in four years most people it's five to six years for college easy well if you look at colleges man that's the next six years of my life that's crazy I ain't going to college don't look at it that way say I'm starting school next fall and I'm going to get through one semester and if you can get through that one, that first freshman semester, you're like, hey, man, I can do this. And it's okay to need some tutoring. It's okay to ask somebody to help you. It's okay to ask somebody to keep you motivated. It's okay to ask somebody to keep you oriented in the right direction. You need accountability partners in your life. And don't pick somebody your same age because they're as goofy as you are. No offense. I mean, if you want to go to college and your best friend thinks college is a joke, man, you don't want to use him as a accountability. He'll talk you out of it. No, man, you don't go to college today. Won't you come with me? You know, we're going to go to Wingstop, and then we'll go eat some pizza, and then we'll go to Bass Pro, and, you know, then we'll go here and go there. And pretty soon you have wasted five years of your life. Listen to pastor. You've got a minimum wage job, and you drive an old clunker and have no hope of ever buying a house. And if you wanted to get married, you couldn't support him or her or help support the household. And if sure, if you want to have kids, I read, uh, it's been a couple of years ago now, that a child can cost you as much as twenty to $25,000 a year 
especially when they're adults. How many wants to have about eight kids? <laughs> when they when they get older with food, clothes, all the stuff you have to buy, da 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 da. Kids are very expensive. So if you're sitting here today saying, "Well, I'm gonna wait till I get married to get an education. I'm gonna wait till I have kids and then I'll go to school." It's too late then. You can't afford it, but you can't afford not to. Now's the time. I hope y'all are hearing me. Now's the time, man. We have BRCC fix that's opened up right here in Central. There's one on the south side of town. We have trade schools. We have college. We have uh, just LSU. We have all kinds of educational nursing schools. We have all kinds of educational opportunities right here. You don't have to move to Timbuktu. You can stay right here. You can educate yourself, and you can make a good living. You can make a good living. There may be a few in the room that feels a call to ministry. Still get you an education. God may call you to be a home missionary. God may call you to be a farm missionary. If you can be bivocational and have a good eight-to-five job while you're in ministry, it's huge. I did that. I was a senior civil designer uh, in a civil engineering firm. Uh, worked typically eight to five. Most engineering firms worked four nines and a four. So I was off at noon on Friday. Every Friday I was off at noon. So Sister Murphy and I were youth leader when our church was small back in Baker years ago so we could do our Friday night activities and plan all of that and go up to the church early and set it up. I could get my grass mowed, the whole thing. I'd get all done and then be ready for Sunday. I don't know how we did all that looking back. <laughs> but we did it. But I was prepared. The point is that you're prepared for life and, and the opportunities that it brings. So if you have a big dream, bite it, break it up into bite-sized chunks. There was an author that was struggling one time. His name's Joseph Heller. He composed his best-selling book called Catch-22. It became a bestseller, and he did it by writing little chunks of it in one or two hours every day before work. That's how I wrote my book. I'd write from midnight till 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. I just did it in little pieces. I didn't say I'm trying to write the whole thing at one time. You take it a little bit at a time and do it the same way. Look at college one semester at a time, one test at a time, one class at a time. And before you know it, you're graduating. And it happens literally that easy if you're smart and you stay oriented, stay committed. Imagine what you could accomplish by applying the same principle to one or more of your biggest goals over the next five years. Remember, remember this. The sum total of a lot of little efforts is not little. The sum total of a lot of little efforts is not little. And I want to remind all of you to think for yourself. Think for yourself. It's okay to have people to speak into your life. It's okay to have mom and dad. It's okay to have your friends speaking to your life, but bottom line, you need to think for yourself. Have y'all ever heard the, of a group of people called they? Has anybody ever come told you a story about what they said? You know, I, I, you know they said da-da-da, they said da-da-da. I preached a sermon about that one time, they said. Um, they is a group of people that is oftentimes hard to identify. They are people that you don't really know, they don't have a face. Listen to this. They said that Elvis Presley could never sing. They said that James Joyce could not write. They said 
that Michael Jordan could never play basketball. He was never good enough. You know, when he was in, in junior high school and went out for the basketball team, he didn't make it. They said he would never be able to do it. What do they say about you, and why do we allow they to exercise so much authority in our life? People in this room today that may have parents, and I hope you don't, but if you do, have parents that tell you you're a loser and you'll never amount to anything. Um, there was a pretty big influential person in my life at one time that called me a loser and said that I would never amount to anything. I'm not going to listen to that kind of junk, man. I, I've, just, I've decided a long time ago that I'm not going to listen to what they have to say about me when they really don't know me. Don't listen to the people that call themselves they. Shel Silverstein wrote, Listen to the mustn'ts, child. Listen to the don'ts. Listen to the shouldn'ts, the impossibles, and the wants. Listen to the never-haves. Then listen close to me. Anything can happen, child. Anything can be. Don't listen to people in your life that tells you you'll never amount to anything. Either you are living out someone else's dreams for you or you're living out your own. <clears throat> and I really get real disgruntled when I see parents trying to live their lives through their child. When they try to do with their kids what they can never do, when they try to give their kids what they can never have, uh, that's not a good thing. And if, if mom and dad's doing that, you need to sit down and have a conversation with them. This is my life, not yours. And I'm accountable for it. I'm responsible to it. Don't let other people tell you who you are. Form the habit of saying yes to your own ideas. Then write down all the reasons why they will work. <clears throat> there will always be plenty of people around to tell you why they won't work. But you write down reasons that they will work. E.E. E. Cummins said, to be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best day and night to make you like everybody else means to fight the hardest battle which any human can fight, but never stop fighting. This is a trap that people your age always fall into. I've got to keep up with my friend. I've got to do what they're doing. And you get sucked in to a momentum that's called pretty much wasting your life away. You need to separate yourself from the crowd and say, I'm going to be me. I'm going, to, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to be what God wants me to be. I'm going to achieve what God wants me to achieve. I'm going to use the gifting and the talent that he gave me. And I really don't care what anybody else thinks. <clears throat> Surround yourself with people who believe you can. And by all means, share your goals. But only share them with the people who can help you attain them. I want to give y'all a little benchmark test for choosing friends. And this is going to be good for some of you in here, and this is going to be bad for some of you in here, but deal with it either way. Benchmark test for choosing friends. Ask yourself this question with the people you hang out with. Are they going to drag me down and make me less of a person? Or are they going to lift me up and make me a better person? Will he or she make me want to be a better person? Or will he or she make me not want to be a better person? Will he or she may want me to be a happier person, a more successful person? 
Will he or she help me achieve my most important goals? If not, find friends who will. Oprah Winfrey, one of the wealthiest Americans there is, and by far one of the wealth, wealthiest African Americans, African American woman. She said, one of my best moves that I've ever made in my life is to surround myself with friends instead of asking why or quick to ask why not. And the attitude is contagious. You need to find people that's going to look at your life and say, hey, man, these dreams are they're, they're your goals. Why not achieve them? And you need to be motivated by people like that. I'm pouring my heart out to you guys today because I came up in an environment that pretty much said, no, you can't. There's a lot of lot of things that, that I've personally had to overcome. So, uh, got your notebook and ink pens. List five people who can help you achieve your dreams and goals. Ask five people. Write down five people who can help you achieve your dreams and your goals. Name five people. Don't raise your hand, but is anybody struggling to come up with five? If you are, kind of shows you the people that's in your life. And it might be why you've not really accomplished the things that you want to accomplish. You're listening to the wrong people. You're hanging out with the wrong people. List five people who can help you achieve your dreams and goals. People that are solidly behind you that won't ask you, why are you doing that? But instead will ask you, why not do that? Okay, write this down. Why not me and why not now? Why not me and why not now? Some people spend all their lives on a boring little island called Someday Isle. Someday Isle. Someday I'll be happy. Someday I'll go on that big hiking trip that I wanted to. Someday I'll build a doghouse. Someday I'll have a great adventure. Someday I'll travel. Someday I'll have a good job. Someday I'll go to college. They live on that little lonely island called Someday Isle. I want y'all to understand life is not a dress rehearsal. Life is here and it's here now. It is imperative that you reach out and seize it. You deserve life and you deserve the good things that life can bring you let me share this with you each morning he had stack up the letters he had write tomorrow and think of the friends he had fill with delight tomorrow it was too bad indeed he was busy today and had had a minute to stop on his way more time I'll give to others, he'd say, tomorrow. But the fact is, he died and faded from view. And all that he left when the living was through was a mountain of things he intended to do tomorrow. Life is here and life is now. Another assignment. Could you list five things that you've been procrastinating about and plan to take at least a little bit of action this week to do it. 
What are some things that you know you need to do? And I'm not talking about rearranging your sock drawer. Um, list five things that have value, things that have purpose that you've been procrastinating about. And would you plan to take at least a little bit of action this week to do it? For example, I've been thinking about going to school. I want to further my education. Okay, have you contacted any schools to find out at least how much it costs, at least what the enrollment's about, at least what you have to do? Quit thinking about it and start doing it. Start taking some action. Well, if you call the school and you find out, well, it's, you know, it's this, this, and this, and this, then develop a plan of action to make it happen. So you go talk to your parents, you go talk to your pastor, you talk to your youth, your student pastor, talk to somebody for some guidance that can help you achieve those goals. Don't call your goofy friend who's never been to college and ask them, what do you think? Don't do that. Call someone that has your best interest at heart. So what, whatever you've been procrastinating about, Write it down and give it a little bit of action and a little bit of time this week and see what happens. See what happens. Is everybody good with that? I hope y'all are getting your head around this material. It's pretty good stuff. All right. How many of you have ever heard of TGIF? What does it mean? Thank God it's Friday. How about TGIM? Anybody ever do thank God it's Monday? She fell for the bait. Hallelujah. <laughs> Dreading Mondays is a ridiculous way to spend one-seventh of your life. But that's the weird little habit that millions of people are falling into. It's a ridiculous way to spend one-seventh of your life dreading Mondays. Imagine this. Over the next five years, you'll receive the gift of 260 different Mondays, each one coming into your life fresh and full of promise. What kind of magic and miracles could you create with that kind of time? 260 Mondays in the next five years. Why not be a maverick? Why not buck the system and say, hey, all of you can dread Monday, but I'm going to look forward to it. You know that Monday is one of my most favorite days of the week. Being honest, it's my day off. I love Mondays. When you take off Saturday from work, I take off Monday from my work. I love Mondays. I can't wait for Monday morning. I get to catch my breath a little bit and then start hit the ground running Tuesday morning, sometimes Monday night, preparation for Wednesday night Bible study, and then preparation for the next Sunday or whatever. But I love Mondays. Start thinking of Monday not as a dread but as a possibility. It's a time to refresh. It's a time to regroup. It's a time to plan. You can take Monday to look at your calendar and say, what worthwhile things am I going to do with my time for the rest of the week? Oftentimes, Sister Murphy and I will take Sunday night or Monday morning. I'll go in her office at home. She'll come in mine, and we'll plan our week. We use Monday as a very profitable day in our life, and you can too. Don't wake up Monday dreading it, especially when it's raining, saying, hey, there are some things I can do today. You know, I may not be outside robust, and I may not be on the phone with all my friends, but there are some inner, there are some things I can do on the inside of me. There are some things I can do with my head. I can start thinking different. Use Mondays as a positive. Why not welcome every Monday with the same anticipation and excitement that most people have reserved just for Friday? Use Monday as an opportunity to, to plan and to achieve. Okay, write this down. Do I know how amazing 
I truly am. Do I know how amazing I truly am? <clears throat> did did y'all know, did you ever think uh, that there has never been another you? You're the only you that's ever been on this planet. You are a one-in-all-history event. There has never been another you. You are new to nature. You're one of a kind, so... No one can really predict to what heights you might soar. Even when, even you will not know until you spread your wings. You may not be able to see your undeveloped potential, but it's there and it's enormous. I know because I know most of you, the potential in this room is amazing. If you could channel it right, if you could use it to your advantage, the potential in this room is amazing. I want to tell you, and, and the, the, the spiritual part of you can be developed unbelievable if you make a commitment to God, if you haven't. If you do that, God would just accentuate your life even more. But beyond that, there's potential in this room to make lots of money. There's a lot of money sitting in these chairs right now. You just haven't made it yet. You know why? It's because some of you don't think you can. And some of you are not preparing. And some of you aren't taking the, the advantage of what our society is bringing to you. Get your good education. Move forward with your life. Get your good education. Set yourself on a path and quit playing around and pick a direction you want to go and do it. Just do it. And five years from now, you'll look back. I'll be enjoying your tithing. See, I had an ulterior motive. I'll just go ahead and tell you. But anyway, but you'll, you'll be a homeowner. You could be married. You even have a, a child or two. In five years from now, man, or you can choose to not do anything and be pretty much where you are now while all of your friends are moving on with their life. The amazing you, you your, your amazing instincts. Since creation, vast members of your ancestors have been smart enough, fast enough, strong enough, and courageous enough to survive famine, plague, predators, and the worst natural disasters. Though you may think of yourself as merely average, you are actually the latest in a long line of human success stories. And the hidden strengths you've inherited have no doubt been trying their best to emerge. Let them out. Somebody said one time, the human mind is the fastest, working, coolest, running, most compact and efficient computer ever produced in large quantities, quantities by unskilled labor. And that is a fact. Your amazing mind. Let me share something with you about your brain and your body. Uh, the clock is never a friend. The average human brain weighs about two and a half to three pounds. It is made up of about 30 billion uh, cells called neurons. Each neuron is made up of about 30 billion of them. Each neuron is capable of handling approximately 1 million bits of information. The total number is so large, in fact, that if you, that if you sat down and wrote a number one, you would have to follow it by... 6,500,000 zeros. And that number would stretch from the earth to the moon and back more 
than 13 times. That's what's going on in your head. Average brain. <clears throat> Y'all may say that again. Let me say it again real quick. Your brain weighs two and a half to three pounds. It's made up of about 30 billion in, in cells called neurons. Each neuron is capable of handling approximately one million bits of information. The total number is so large, if you sat down and wrote down the number one, you'd have to follow it with 6,500,000 zeros. That's how much information your brain can process. It would stretch to the moon and back, to the earth and back more, uh, to the moon and back, excuse me, more than 13 times. That's what's going on in the average brain right now. So don't say, I can't do, I can't be better, I can't accomplish. Yes, you can. Talk about your amazing body. Some may be a little more plump than others. <laughs> Some may be a little more skinny than others. Anyway, your body has approximately 62,000 miles of capillaries, millions of electron electrical warning signals, railroad and conveyor systems, a fabulous built-in telephone system, and a highly sophisticated audio-visual system. Janet, or, or excuse me, James Dillett Freeman said, you are a fantastic animal. A man can run 100 yards in nine seconds. He can run for hours without stopping. He can leap almost 30 feet. He can climb a tree. He can swim swiftly and far. The animals made for running can, run, can outrun us. The animals made for climbing may be able to outclimb us, but there is no animal in the world that can do all of these things as well as we can. Your amazing lifespan. Just over 200 years ago, the average American died by age 35. Today, we've more than doubled that number. Your chances of a longer, healthier life will continue to increase well in this century. So what are you going to do with your longer, healthier life is an answer that only you can give. Finally, an elderly man in the final days of his life, he's lying in bed alone. He awakens to see a large group of people clustered around his bed. Their faces are loving but sad. Confused, the old man smiles weakly and whispers, You must be my childhood friends come to say goodbye. I am so grateful. Moving closer, the tallest figure gently grasps the old man's hand and replies, Yes, we are your best and oldest friends, but long ago you abandoned us, for we are the unfulfilled promises of your youth. We are the unrealized hopes, dreams, and plans that you that your wants felt deep that you wanted deeply in your heart but never pursued we are the unique talents that you never refined the special gifts that you never discovered oh friend we've not come to comfort you we've come to die with you you can't let that happen to you take your dreams make them goals come up with a strategy to accomplish those goals Keep your life in balance. Keep priority on spirituality, priority on domestic, priority on finance, priority on romance, priority on travel. Keep your life in balance. But do something with the next five years of your life to prepare for the rest of your lifetime. Next Sunday, we'll give you a, a little assignment uh, to start off with, and you can do it at home the following week. But uh, I want to open next Sunday with Everyday Matters. And uh, so if y'all will, Charles, write that down and help me remember. He's one of my good note takers. So uh, 
anyway, thank y'all very much. Enjoyed the time with you. Let's have good church here in the next few minutes. Charles, Charles, Charles. Right, no, no, that. Right, right.